Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafoot, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week is a true spokesperson, speaking on behalf of all women in the UK. I was at an event, and I was honoured to be a guest. And she was hosting it. And we just clicked. I was a panellist. She was the host. And I just saw the aura around her. The aura around her that made me go wow. The aura around her that made me think, you understand people. You understand what people need to do. But also the confidence that people need to have. Because although we say we can do things, we can talk the talk. But can we walk the walk? She's a pioneer in leadership. She's a motivational speaker. I'm delighted that with the Queen Bee movement and my friend on Security Insecure this week, it's Queen Bee, Danny Wallace, who's here to talk about the insecurities associated with sabotaging ourselves. Welcome to Security Insecure, Danny. Johnny, do you know what? I want to take you everywhere with me to introduce me onto all of the podcasts, onto all of the stages that I'm going on from here here on in. That's it. <laughs> um, look, if you want to hire me, I'm available. I charge a lot, but I'm available. I am, yeah, I am in. I am in. <laughs> well, it's true. We Thank did an. Thank you ev- so much for having me. No, it's my pleasure. And we did an event, and you were just incredible. And I went, "That's Danny. I need to be friends with her." And uh, long and behold, here we are. Here we are. And do you know what? What a cracking event. You were on our media panel at Be Inspired in April, and the things that you had to say when we were talking about. All different you know, sort of problems in, in the media, particularly being a, a, a woman in business. There are lots of people in the entrepreneurial space that are really seeking PR and media and not knowing how, and you brought so much to the table. So I think it was just this sort of mutual, like, falling in love of both of our sort of energies. It was wicked. Uh, uh, that, that is it, isn't it? And uh, that's what you've kind of become known for, is empowering other people. Because, like I said, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Because we all say we want to do things. Although we've got belief in ourselves, there's that fear that other people won't believe in us. Absolutely, absolutely. And and this plagues everybody. I'm really, really lucky, Johnny, in the work that I do. I get to work with incredibly successful people, multi-seven-figure earners. I get to work with people just starting out in business. And at every single level, with all of the people that experience this, 
this trepidation, this self-sabotaging behaviour, this feeling that they're not good enough, all of this. And it, it never ceases to amaze me that it, it's completely universal, the way that this, this manifests itself. It's, it's, it, honestly, it blows my little mind sometimes. So that's why so I've taken it upon myself. I've got grand intent as opposed to delusions of grandeur to help people with this. Well, this is the thing, because also what then ends up happening is then you go the other way and the pendulum goes and swings and you go, right, I've got all this confidence, I'm ready to do it, and then no one wants me. And then you get that knockback, and then that knockback on confidence just knocks everything back like a domino effect. Yeah, and there's this sort of galvanisation, I think, that is worth learning because whenever anybody wants to do anything, whatever it is with their life, and, you know, I talk about success, however anybody wants to measure it. So for some people, it's, you know, they want more time in their lives to spend with their family. They want more money or they want, you know, they want to attain a certain level of, you know, expertise or or what have you. Um, When we set off on this journey, we do experience knockbacks sometimes, but it's worthwhile remembering if there's anything that you've really, really got your heart set on, or anything you really want to bring to the world or give to the world, if you're doing things to make sure you don't, like almost like to sabotage yourself to not do that, even after you hear maybe one or two no's, you're still depriving the people that you want to help of the way that you want to help them. And, you know, you, it, it, I call people out because it, it's selfish. You know, if you've got something really special that you know that you can share with the world, yes, you might have some knockbacks, but... It's those knockbacks that allow you to come back stronger and also shows that you are ready to, to help in the space that you want to help. And I think that's very important to remember. Completely. And also, it's time and place. It might not be your time. And no one knows that at all. And that's not you. That's not the people you're reaching out to. It's the universe. Like you said, it's about the manifestations. It's just not your time. But your time will come. And if you invest in it, it will happen. My career being a showbiz journalist and talking about TV as a TV pundit, that started when I was seven years old watching TV as a kid and just watching hours and hours. And on Facebook, when I was 12 years old, writing TV guides as as my status is. And over time, that manifested and that became an actual job that I could do. But that wasn't when I was 10 years old going, right, I'm going to stop this now because it hasn't happened yet. Right. I think there's this relentlessness as well that we have as kids <laughs> that is, is amazing. And to see, you know, to see your journey and follow your journey as well has, has been phenomenal in a similar way, um, as, as well as all the motivational speaking stuff that I do and the coaching that I do and the business stuff that I do. I'm a singer. And for years and years and years, especially where I grew up, where I grew up, it wasn't wasn't the affluent, most affluent of places. People like us didn't go on to become entertainers or successful entrepreneurs or whatever we just didn't go on to to become those things and for me the only way that I was ever going to get into singing was by reality tv shows and every year from pop idol all the way back from pop idol so I was only a little dot I would go and go to these auditions and get knocked back time and time again and to a point where I was on the voice like 2014 2015 I ended up uh, going all the way through to um, all the auditions and all of the sort of production stuff to be on the voice on the BBC um but they filled up all the places by the time they got to me so even when I got a yes it was a no 
<laughs> and that can be can be soul destroying. However, um, I'm going to name drop. Am I allowed to name drop? I'm going to name drop because it's the only famous person I've had a proper 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 conversation with where they've given me direct feedback on me singing. Is that all right? Danny, it's your podcast. You do what makes you proud. Well, will I am, right? <laughs> it says I've finished singing. I've done a performance in my life, Johnny, and I, I'd sung my socks off, and this was me, my moment. So for all the years that I've tried to be X Factor or Pop Idol or Pop Stars or, or whatever it was, I'd always always kind of just got to the end and, and never quite far enough. And I stopped for a number of years it, because I was so jaded by the whole thing. And I thought, you know what, I'm a, I'm a singer still. I can still sing on the circuits. I can still do, you know, what it is that I love. And I got to the end of the song, and obviously the coaches hadn't turned around, and it was uh, Will I Am and Tom Jones. And uh, it was Rita Ora when the year Rita Ora was in it and uh, Ricky Wilson. They, they still allowed for feedback at the end. And uh, Will I Am turned around, and he, I'm stoically crying on the stage. And he goes, Dan, Danny, why are you crying? And I was like, this was my shot. This was the, the one time that I was going to be in front of anybody so that I could make it. This was my making it moment. And now it's gone. I, you, you guys couldn't turn around. I can't go any further. And then that's it. That's my, my bubble burst. And, and when I am turned around and he said, you, you can sing. No one is saying in this, in this room today that you are not an incredible singer. In fact, it's a gift. You've been given a gift. And who are you not to share that gift with the world when just four people don't turn around? That's four no's in seven and a half billion people in the world. That's just four no's. And if you've got this gift, this beautiful gift, and you're not sharing it with the world, you are doing not only yourself a disservice, you're doing the world a disservice. And he went on to talk about how... Um, with I've got a feeling he had to really tout that around uh, before anybody really, truly picked it up and everybody got behind it. And it really was a wake-up call that day that if I was to give up at that point, that would be it. I wouldn't have an opportunity to do the things that I do. And actually, in building the business that I've built now, I've now got a best-selling book, I've now got TV opportunities that are coming through in the new year. And this is, you know, five, six years ago when that happened. If I'd have given up then and stopped building what I'm building, there's no way that I would have been able to turn my life around and create the things that I've created now. So it was that was a real incredible conversation. It was such a wake-up call that if you've got something to give the world, and even if you hear no, there's still seven and a half billion other people to go at. So, you know, it, it's, it's an important thing to remember. 100% and this is the thing when it comes to being an author being a singer being something that there's already a massive market for everyone gets rejected you know JK Rowling got turned down by 12 publishers before she released the first Harry Potter book uh, the classic right. uh, letter that John Cleese got turned down for 40 Towers of the BBC and then that turned into a classic but mm. there's this pressure that you put on yourself because like you done you've done it the right way of going right I'm going to do pop stars and pop idol back in 2002 and keep going up to the voice, uh, you know, in 2014. And you're going to keep, 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 keep going at it. And sometimes mm. it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I was looking at a thread the other day by CJ Tudor, who I don't know if you're aware of her. She's an amazing mm. novelist. She did the Chalkman. And I can't remember what the one last year was, but it was amazing as well. It was an orange book. But anyway, she said, look, I've, I'm on this book deal and I'm about to do my third book. And I've written it, but I've had all these problems at home. I've lost her parent and everything at home is really bad. I just can't put my heart and soul into this book. And she goes, look, 
this year I'm not going to release a book. I'm not going to release it just for the sake of releasing a book. I'd rather wait another two years. And I bet that third book, that trilogy, will just be insane because it's time and place. Yeah, 100%. And and it's trusting that it's time and place as well because I think sometimes when we forget that, we stop altogether. And there's there's this sort of thing as well, Johnny, that... When we, when there are opportunities uh, of next level or success or you know great relationships, and we've not experienced those things before, our bodies, our minds, aren't used to it. You know, so our brains have got us as far as they've got us for whatever journey that we've had before. Our brains have got us as far as they've got us, and that's kept us safe and alive. And that's our brain's job. You know, our logical thinking brain. It's our, it's, it's job to keep us alive. And then. If we've got aspirations beyond where we're at, the logical bit of our brain cannot comprehend what that looks like. How does, what does success look like? Is success even safe? Is, you know, is creating a world that you haven't always known going to be safe? And we don't just experience that from ourselves. We experience that from people around us. When I started out building I Am The Queen Bee and, and the movement that sits around that and the business that I have today, there were a lot of people around me that would say, you know, are you sure you want to do that? Do you really want to put yourself out on the internet? Do you really want to put out that you're doing these events? What if you don't sell them? What if you, you know, if you're going to write a book, are you sure you want to share those bits of you? Um, and they not only from myself, I was getting that from, from people around me. And that's this, it really is rooted in this safety. People think that, oh, you know, this is haters bringing me down. When it's your family and your friends or even you behaving this way towards yourself is a safety mechanism. If people don't understand what this next level looks like for you, they might say things to you that that will make you question, why is it that I'm doing what I'm doing? I'm sure you will have, you have had this. I had this internally as well. Like, success was not a safe space for me because I didn't know how to be in it. And really, only this year, I've moved from the estate that I grew up in into a beautiful area. But for the first four weeks that I lived here, I didn't even know how to be, didn't know how to behave in, in this new beautiful dream house that I've got. I didn't kept hold of the rental property keys for a month before I handed them back just in case it all got taken away. Because this idea of this next level, I'd never lived it before. And a lot of us hold ourselves back because of this. They don't realise that, or the limbic bit of our brain, the the, the bit of us that has kept us alive as far as it has done doesn't know this unknown is going to be a, a place that we can reside with any kind of longevity. And that's one of the reasons, again, why people really hold themselves back. And one of the reasons why I do what I do is to try and sort of teach them, you know, success can be safe. Yes, it's a journey. Yes, we experience a lot of rubbish on the way there. But actually, when we get there, it is safe. And there are people that are safe that are there. Do you think success can be reached, though, or is it a destination that will never be reached? And in a way, success is actually when you pass on to the next life, when you die, because then you've achieved all your goals and then you can be truly complete. Because we're always wanting more. We always want more money. We always want a bigger house. But when you die, mm. that's when you've reached fulfillment. That's when you've reached success. I, would, I think there's a, there's, there's a couple of ways you can look at this. You, because we've got to be able to accept contentment and peace and happiness in the life that we are in right now right because otherwise you're going to get to the end and you're not going to realize <laughs> you know what what the potential of the legacy is so i think that a lot of people in a very misguided way are climbing up a rope that they think 
there is, you know, there's something at the top of it. So say, for example, they want to make a million quid or somebody wants to win the lottery and they climb the rope and they climb the rope and they get to the top and the million pounds is there. And then they stood there in their midlife or early life or later life. And then they're looking out like, okay, so what now? There's no rest. You know, these measures of success are really only rest stops on the way. And like you said, the bigger piece, and, and this is, again, somewhere where I've been doing a lot of work recently, the bigger piece is the impact on the world, I think, that you ha- we, ha- we all have the potential to have. We just don't often realise it. So for me, my legacy is going to be based around a foundation that I'm growing at the moment called the Fly Anyway Foundation. So I grew up with uh, inherent ge- generational domestic abuse. Um, you know, the, the misogyny and all of that sort of stuff as we were growing up, women were very, very disrespected. And as a result, that informed a lot of choices that I made when I was growing up. And so the work that I want to do alongside and only having, you know, success in this moment has allowed me to fund me doing this other incredible legacy piece is be to have an impact on those that have experienced domestic abuse for them to build financial freedom again and, you know, connect them with businesses and what have you. Having that, sort of twofold success idea in my head we can replace it with contentment or peace or happiness like success isn't always attached to money um but one of the things that yeah i've had to learn is that that's a dual fold we've got this journey situation that we're in and then a destination situation of course which is what do i hand over what what kind of baton do i hand over it was dead weird my dad had a um an accident about five, six years ago, I had a brain injury, and he's not really able to communicate very well now, but he had this box of photographs, and in that box of photographs were pictures of people who were my blood relations, so my family, direct family, and really, like, sort of aunties, great aunties, great grandmas even, and I couldn't tell you any of the names. They were just people that had lived. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Who, the only imprint of them left was this photo and that really woke me up to this whole legacy idea, Johnny, this idea that, you know, it's, it's totally okay to go through your life and think, you know what, I just want to live my life. And again, it's totally okay to be saying to yourself, actually, no, I want an impact. I want people to remember who I am. And yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that would definitely be, for me, it would be a measure of success. To have left the world in a better place than I found it would be you know, that'd be a cracker. I'd be, I'd be made up if that's the way that I left it. <laughs> well, the, the problem is with that is that we are defining success now, aren't we? We're defining mm. certain words that shouldn't and can't actually be defined. But what right. we can do is come out the other side when it comes down to insecurities. And as you've just mm. spoken about, is that... And this is the reason I set up my podcast, Security Insecure, because... We all have insecurities, but until you know what someone's been through, you'll never understand the way they are. And as you said, you know, you've experienced the domestic violence and that yeah. shaped you. That made you who you are today, being a yeah. really strong, independent female. But also mm. that you're very open about it. You don't keep it as a secret because to understand Danny Wallace and to understand the Queen Bee, you've got to go back to the beginning and really understand what happened and why you are the way mm. you are. So. If you don't mind, please, can you go back to where your story, where you think your story started, where your story, you think, defines you? There's a couple. So where I grew up and how I grew up was, was an integral one. Like, because that informs everybody, how they how they grow up and the, the foundations on which they are built, you know, informs a lot of the decisions that they make later on in life, right? So for me, growing up in a not very affluent area, we were on the breadline. I have to be careful. My mum gets upset when I tell people we were poor, but we were poor. <laughs> um, I was the, one of the youngest in a, in a long line of, of uh, cousins. I would get all of the hand-me-downs. It was, you know, it kind of stopped with me. And I, being from a big family like that, having to have to kind of shout loudest in order to be heard was, was a real thing. Being an extrovert and being able to sing really played in my favour as I was growing up. So that that informed a little bit of how I dealt with what went on. But the problem with that and my insecurities came that I was always seeking external validation. So when I was singing, the external validation that I would get would be from an audience or from my family around me, for example. That as well. So growing up with that, um, that sort of abuse for... for the want of a better word is what it was, witnessing that from my grandmas, my, my granddads, aunties, uncles, cousins, seeing how my dad behaved towards my mum. Again, that was normal, in inverted commas. And it wasn't normal. It shouldn't have been normal. No kids should have to see that sort of stuff or witness that sort of stuff. However, that formed a lot of the ways that I sought validation as I grew up. So when I hit 16, 17... I wanted out of that. My way of dealing with things when I was growing up was very much to get out of the way of it. And because I could sing, I was lucky. I could 
I could go abroad. I could go and sing in different resorts and what have you, which is what I did. Um, and then came back to the UK about five or six years later because I had this whisper from my family, from the people closest to me, do you want to get a proper job? People like us don't really do this. You know, you, you're going to want to get a house now. You're going to want to get a, get a partner and have a family. And I ended up trying to sort of shoe my, shoehorn myself into this box of normality um, based on everyone else that was around me. So my point of reference for what should be was to have a partner. It doesn't matter if that partner was very good to you or not. Just have a partner, have some kids, have a, have a child and get a job and that be it. So I came back to the UK and tried to sort of shoehorn myself into this lifestyle, and it it wasn't what I wanted, and and nor was it for the for the for the guy, poor poor guy, um, who I was with at the time, because I don't know if you can tell, I'm a little bit of a whirlwind. So this guy, we got in a relationship, and all of a sudden <laughs> we're getting married, we've bought a house, we've had a baby, and he woke up one morning a couple of weeks after. Um, we sent the invites out to our wedding. He just said, Danny, I don't want any of this. And he left. And for the first time, I was that was the rug completely pulled out from under me. I thought I was in control. And I really wasn't. And when you're in that position of vulnerability, and this happens to a lot of women, it happens to men too, uh, but in that vulnerability, in that fear space that I was in then, I was left on my own single parent. The first guy that was nice to me happened to be somebody who emulated the same kind of behaviours as my dad did. Uh, they always say, you know, you go to the man that's most like your father, and essentially that's what happened, and that relationship very quickly turned volatile. Um, and I had to get out of that relationship to, in order for me to, to be safe. I was on my own then with, a, with a, couple of, a couple of children under the age of three, and we found ourselves homeless because I couldn't afford to keep the house that we bought. And that was the pivotal moment. It was a few months later, a couple of months later, I was in my car, my kids were staying at my mum's, we were sofa surfing, and I was going down south to work. I'd got a job, a good, good corporate job. I'd had to sort of flip between Preston and uh, London in order to maintain that job. And I'm sat in the car and I'm crying. It's like a scene out of the movies. And um, I realised that I had relinquished all of the control in my life and just was accepting, you know, thinking life was happening to me instead of me happening to life was what it was. And I had to take responsibility. And that's where that strength comes from. It was realising that life doesn't just happen to us. It doesn't have to be like, that's not how we can control things. Like We can take back some of that control. We can choose to fly anyway. And that sounds quite glib, but that's the premise of I Am The Queen Bee is that, that regardless of where you've been, where you've come from, what you've experienced, is that we get to choose alternatively. And it might, we might have to be tenacious. We might have to think outside the box a little bit. We might have to surround ourselves with different people and educate ourselves in different ways. But we have an opportunity every single day to choose better for ourselves. And that's really the basis on which I built everything that I have now. And, and, that's, and that was the moment, the real pivotal moment. It took me a long while getting there, but I think to provide the context of getting to that moment is important that I'd allowed life to happen to me and it was my decision from then on to state, take some flipping responsibility. And sometimes you have to go through the bad to get to the good. The whole thing of why do good things happen to bad people, that whole phrase, right. why do bad things happen to good people, is very much down to the fact that sometimes you've just got to go through certain scenarios to build up your strength. 
and to take two mm. steps foot backwards to then get forward. I look at, you know, I'm 28 years old. I've never been in, in a relationship. And mm. I sometimes think, is that because I would never have been able to deal with the heartbreak if there was a girl I was so infatuated and so in love with and she rejected me, would I not be able to cope with that? And that's why I think I've been single my whole life. And I'm not scared mm. to say it. And there's a lot of insecurities around that, obviously. And there's a lot of judgment around that. And there's a lot of stigma around it. But actually, I'm a lot stronger as an individual man who will be complete mm. one day. And I know it will happen. And when it happens, it happens. If it's 10 years time, 20 years, 30 years time, etc. But mm. we sometimes do have to go through those scenarios. And choosing a name like Queen Bee has redefined you. And look how mm. much empowered you are using that as a title. It's not a title you yeah. hide behind. But it helps to, to to define you. It's like a reclamation statement. It's like I'm not I'm not really a queen, and it's much less about me. That the, the the phrase "I am the queen bee" is a reclamation statement. I think it's everybody's birthright to happiness, however they choose it. You know, whatever happiness looks like for them. And if we want to, you know, replace the word success with happiness or peace or contentment or you know having the life that we really want, it. I am the Queen Bee is me saying that, I, you know, I I have birthrights and my birthrights are that I am able to pursue happiness. That's my, yeah, I'm allowed to do that. So when people come across me and I introduce myself, they say, hey, my name's Danny Wallace and I'm the Queen Bee. And I have to be like, no, wait, it's not about me. It's about whoever's listening, you know, whoever's listening to this podcast. It's not about, it could be the the Queen Bee, the King Bee, in your case, Johnny, the Royal Bee, depending on, you know, where you sit on the, on the gender scale. And it's, it's really this reclamation statement. It's just taking ownership for ourselves, you know. And we're doing that in so many different ways now more than ever in the buying choices that we make. You know, more people are moving um, into things like vegetarianism or veganism. They're, they're choosing sustainability with their buying choices. All of this is reclaiming our birthrights. All of this is reclaiming choice when a lot of it's been taken away from us. And, you know, what you share there around um, relationships, you know, deciding to to keep yourself in in a space where you're single until you know you're sure is that's you take it that's an empowered position to be in you don't have to just because maybe your family or your friends are saying to you know, you should be married off by now like there's a lot of stigma that comes with making choices for yourself i think and by having a community where we're all owning that for themselves is just would be great <laughs> well this is it because i could easily say to you now okay what would you tell your 16 year old self you know a classic johnny c puts killing skill question what would you tell your 16 year old self but actually we've had a pandemic and we've had a year mm. where we've all had to reset redefine ourselves and also redefine our purpose and work out what does empower us what do we actually like happening and what's toxic in our lives that we need to remove ourselves from this situation from so danny what have you changed since the pandemic so for me, the things that have changed, I mean, my life has changed like proper flipped upside down. I no longer live in the place that I grew up anymore. All through the pandemic, there were still things happening um, around me that were really quite unsavory. Like we were having our windscreens put through, our windows put through, our tyres slashed. Um, and I made a decision a few months into the pandemic that I just didn't want to live and put up with what I was putting up with anymore. There's no need for it. You know, my business was successful. We'd repaired my credit score from when I lost my house and all of this sort of stuff. So I, it was then that I started to pursue, actually, the purchase of a house, and not just a house, but a house that I really wanted to live in where my kids were going to be safe. 
So I, during the pandemic, it allowed me to face and really slay the dragons around my own financial situation. It allowed me to build an incredible community, like even more so in the online space, because I wouldn't have gotten out of bed every morning <laughs> had it not been for me getting up to go live for the people that are in my audience. So I started a little the fake telly show on Facebook <laughs> called the show at Wise at Rise Up Show. And every morning at half, well, in, in lockdown, it was 8 a.m. but um, And later on, it moved to 9.30, where I would get up in the morning and just get ready for the workday with everyone. Riff on whatever, you know, personal development thing I was researching at the time. Or I would interview people from the space and really created a fantastic community during that time. So the things that I did differently for myself during lockdown and during the pandemic and during this reset was to allow myself to be consistent, allow myself to step into the, you know, the businesswoman that I know that I can be. I would step into the mum that I know I can be. I never spent so much time with my kids. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of sort of realisations around that, but slaying those financial dragons for me was a big one. Building the community the way that I did was a big one. And releasing that real need for external validation. And do you know what? The opportunities that have run in off of the backside of that have been insane. So I was saying about that seeking it from outside of myself, right? I did. I came across this lady. I can't remember her name for the life of me at an event. And um, she did a meditation whereby she... Um, we all closed our eyes and we all got into this relaxed space. It was very lovely. And just like walk down this, this, this stairway, let yourself in this door. And in through this door is a beautiful room, but there's a future version of yourself there, right? And a future version of myself was, was there in my mind. I'm visualizing it. And she, she's explaining this, this um, lady doing the guided meditation. Future you, she's crying. She's so joyful to see you. She's so grateful to see you. And in this box, she's got a box in her hand. In this box, is a gift for you and she's just so insanely joyous and grateful to see you she hands you this box and inside this box is everything you've done for this future version of yourself and johnny i cried because i can see now and this is where this external validation this relinquishment of external validation really stopped it was a real pivotal i don't need this from outside of myself anymore because i saw how much future danny was so grateful and in love with Danny now. And then I look at past Danny. I'm sorry, I'm talking in the third person. I hope it makes sense. But I look at past Danny and think, God, I'm so grateful to that girl for going through what she went through. I'm so grateful to the person that showed up every single day during lockdown that I couldn't love them anymore. So in this present state, I know that with consistency and with love and all of these things for myself I know future me is going to be really grateful and and love me as much as I love past Danny and that was like the shutters then came down to that requirement for anything outside of myself because I knew I was giving myself everything and that love that I've got for myself has been the thing that's grown over over time particularly during the last 18 months two years so that's been a real profound thing I think I've realized Danny Wallace there, please, please, please 
go and check out I'm the Queen Bee for more information on Danny because she's just opened a can of worms there. She's opened a can of worms about self-sabotage, about leadership, about empowerment, about the future and about the past. And she's just amazing. She's such a fantastic speaker. I love seeing her at an event. And I just think everyone needs a Danny Wallace in their life. Now, you've been listening to Johnny Seafoot on Security and Secure. And what you need in your life is this podcast. And you know you need it. And that's why you listen to it. But you need to get other people involved in it so other people know that it needs to be in their lives as well. So, please, go onto iTunes. Go down on the podcast. Give it a five-star rating and leave a review because I can't make this podcast successful without your help. And I'm here to say it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have those insecurities and to come out the other side. And as we've both said in this conversation with Danny, success, fulfillment, it could be a destination or it could be a goal. And you might reach it in this life and you might not. But let's all try our best to get there and open up those conversations about insecurities. Talk to your friends. Just say to them, as I do, what is your insecurity? Start that conversation because unless you do it, no one will. You've been listening to Security and Security with me, Johnny Seifer. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. 